0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Pisga Podcast.
1: We are your hosts. I'm Drew, that's Mangler, and you are listening to Pisga. We're coming to you live from behind a gravel road, behind a locked gate that's only accessible by bike. So, let's get into these news and updates. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to 2023. We hope you all had a great New Year celebration and were able to get out on the bike for a beautiful New Year's Day after our Sub-Zero Arctic Christmas. Yeah, that
0: that Christmas was kind of brutal on the, on the cold snap, but here's something cool. Uh, 2023 is labeled the year of the trail here in North Carolina. You may have seen some social media posts and shares over the past couple of days, but North Carolina is celebrating its claim as the great trail state. So this year, each county in North Carolina will be celebrating trails in one way or another. And we're going to be diving more into this in a future episode. But to give you a little more info on that, you can visit greattrailsnc.com to get started.
1: Man, that's awesome. I like to hear that we're kind of claiming that since uh, I think a lot of us have felt that for a while. But, you know, it's, it's hard to tell people, you know, from other places that, hey, we have some trails over here.
0: Yeah, it's like North Carolina. Great trail state. We also have a ton of waterfalls, too. So
1: we got that going for us. So the first big piece of news that I have is that the Pisgah Productions will join Tanawa and the G5 Collective under the Camp Greer umbrella. And I think this sounds like a great partnership for the hosts of some of this region's longest running and most unique mountain bike events like Pimbar and the other endurance and adventure races that they put on. And I have been in contact with Pisgah Productions director, Eric Weaver, to have a conversation with us here to discuss the 2023 events that will crown this year's king and queen of Pisgah.
0: I'm excited to see that series come back. Always super cool. And speaking of the G5 Collective, they've announced a list of trail work days. And this is a great time of the year to kind of throw in some trail work time when it's not exactly a good riding time.
1: Yeah, it really is. Like the dirt's a good Consistency to work with when it's like this, and you don't want it in your tires, you want it underneath your McLeod right now. Trust yeah. me. So, yeah, so check with your local club and see if they have any trail work days on the schedule that you can sign up for.
0: Oh, and talking about not wanting to ride some of the the local trails because they might be in too soft of shape or whatever. But we got Ride Canuga and Ride Rock Creek, which is now open, and you should go ride there. You will thank us for the recommendation. Drew, you and I spent New Year's Day there ripping laps. We had a blast and we were both on our more longer legged Enduro rigs. I was on my specialized Enduro.
1: Yeah, and I was on my Yeti SB165, still holding on to his little wheels.
0: Nice, right on. But truth be told, I have done laps there on my Santa Cruz Tallboy, which is a 120 bike. And then had a blast, so don't let your lack of a long-legged enduro bike hold you back from a visit. I rode all the trails, jumped all the jumps, had a blast on it. Well, I didn't exactly ride Nico's downhill track, but if you listened to that episode, you would understand why, but <laughs> I had a great time on my on my little
1: bike. Tall boy, huh? I've uh, been wanting to check one of those out. I think you should
0: worth, you know, I think it's worth throwing a leg over one. Really fun bikes.
1: So... uh for our followers who you know might choose a different method of checking out our episodes, we do have a YouTube channel up now.
0: Yep, you can just search Pisca Podcast and find us.
1: Yeah, search, find us. Uh, we're uploading episodes. We've got some of the back catalog getting up there now and more to come in the future.
0: Exactly. Well, guys, it's that crazy time of the year when people start to leave teams and jump on new ones. It's been a circus kind of as of late. You know, we're, we're not going to go into details right yet, but we've seen some regional baddies saying farewell to their former team with hints of new brands. So we'll wait till kind of all this ink is drawn up and we'll try to collect a roundup of sorts of some of our regional pros here in the area.
1: Yeah, and it's it's not just uh, the regional pros. I've seen some up-and-comers riding some sweet rigs lately. So a lot, you know, a lot of the, 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 the mountain bike media, paints this as transfer season, but it's also young blood season where we see some new talent rising up and uh you know, some of them might get to shine.
0: Right on. Well, we're we're here for it. We're here to support them and looking forward to it.
1: And if any of you wanna come on and support your brand, hit us up. Oh yeah, absolutely. We'd love to talk to you about it.
0: Well seeing how it is that wet and cold season, we're usually going to suggest some alternate riding locations, like you know, maybe a gravel rod or something. And if there is something new in the mix, we're tossing it over to a new shop in town that has combined some of our favorite things, bikes, and coffee.
1: Yeah, this season has its challenges with the weather, so it's never off the table to go for a gravel ride. And since we have more miles of gravel than I care to ride in one season, it's certainly a better view and safer traffic to deal with to find those bumpy roads sometimes. Oh,
0: Absolutely. And so if you're looking for a good spot for a coffee, fresh bike parts, some dialed mechanics, maybe to get dressed for a chili ride, or even to open the laptop and pretend like you're working, we've got the guys from Gravello Workshop, based up in North Asheville, to give us a lowdown on their highly polished new shop. Well, dudes, uh, thanks for being on the show with us, and like to come hang out the shop here for the day check out what you guys got going on uh, let's do a little introduction Chris
2: yeah my name is Chris Randall um, long longtime backpacker and adventure cyclist uh, been in the bike industry for like seven years now in Asheville yeah we just kind of uh, partnered with Matt who's my longest friend actually we grew up together um, to make this happen, in some way, and uh, it's going pretty good. So, yeah, thanks for being here. We could share a little bit of the story.
0: Awesome. Looking forward to it. And Matt, fill us in on on your side.
3: And uh, my name's Matt Ball. Long time bike shop mechanic. Uh, mechanic in general. Worked on race cars and uh, uh, just mechanical things in general my whole life. Uh, raced a lot of bikes as a kid. Grew up riding bikes and playing hockey with Chris, and uh, just uh, thought it'd be fun to open a bike shop uh, after so many years of working for other people, and so we uh, so we did, and, <laughs> and I guess uh, here we are in this. Uh... Yeah, I mean, this town kind of lended itself
2: to um, a lot of cycling options for people, and I think we wanted to explore more of that with what we had in mind for bikes, and we were looking for a way to to do it that made sense to us and the community. But we didn't really know, being our first shop, um, which way to go per se. But uh, I think I think uh, where we're headed is pretty sweet, and we're excited.
0: You you knew you wanted to open up a bike shop, and so it sounds like bikes came first. Yeah, and then. Was coffee the original idea as well? Or just kind of like bikes yeah. and coffee?
3: <laughs> I think we always we always knew we wanted to do something more than just bikes. Uh, I think uh, we had discussed coffee, but I don't think it was really a sure thing when we started building out the space. And then uh, I, I think it was something that we wanted to add later. And then as we started building out the space, we just realized that if we're gonna do it, now's the time. Like it's the adding the infrastructure later to do coffee was gonna to be too difficult. Uh, so why not just invest the money now and
2: and do it, so. Yeah, and the more time we spent in here, pulling all the carpet and tile out of here and like feeling out the, the building, it was like, yeah, there's, this is great to, uh, to set up both. And um, I think we knew that uh, that had been done in other places and it was working pretty well and it was pretty popular and it, and it also kind of like diffused the whole retail side of things so much. It just let people come in for just a coffee or whatever. And, um, and we really wanted that kind of vibe in here where it wasn't
3: just buying stuff. Yeah. I think, I think we both really believe that it's if you do the right thing and do good work and, uh, provide people with interesting things to buy I, the money will come like I, it's never been we've never been focused on the the last getting the, every last dollar having the highest margin items like everything in here is something that that we like or ride or want to ride and uh and coffee was just a way to to help people come here even if they weren't a cycling customer or, and we had friends that had opened a coffee shop in town, and
2: um, I think they were a pretty good influence and just a good support to, to like, reassure us that we could do it. <laughs> uh, not really knowing much about coffee other than that we liked it, and uh, it worked well with bikes and a lot of people. So, yeah, that, having, that, having that really helped, too. <laughs>
0: Did you guys do, like, an official, like, barista school or anything like that?
2: No, (laughs) I mean, I guess, um, kind of more of like an apprenticeship on the job kind of thing. And we did, yeah, we did a lot of like research on our own and, uh, and uh, a lot of talking to people in the industry, but as far as like having the position of a barista somewhere that,
3: no. Yeah. (laughs) We did have a, we had a really good friend, Dylan Glasgow, who's, uh, formerly owned Liberty house coffee uh and has has sold it since but he was also a real estate agent and uh helped us get the coffee set up big shout out to dylan yeah big shout out to dylan for (laughs) sure uh marshall hans at mountain air roasting was a huge help in getting everything set up and dialed in and there were a lot of people that helped yeah all of it was really like on the job training uh in a couple weeks and i think it was far more difficult than either one of us thought it was going to be
2: yeah, that's a whole another world of of just variation and and just the differences between coffees and how to approach them and make them
3: tasty. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's like it's like taking a, a trained barista and
0: bringing them into a bike shop.
3: Yeah, <laughs> well, good point. <laughs> I, I think we very much thought that like we were going to own a bike shop slash coffee shop, and what has turned out is that we own a coffee shop and a bike shop, and they just happen to be. In the same building <laughs> um it's uh it's definitely it definitely takes a lot of focus and a lot of work and and props to to the baristas that are are well trained and and consider it a craft because it, it is it's oh yeah it takes it takes a lot of work yeah, to, lot do of respect it, to do to those, well
2: those people and i think matt scoring the the san remo cafe racer machine that we have um, that is a nice looking machine. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, I think that kind of sealed the deal with what level we were going for.
3: And that was, uh, you tell the story how we got that thing. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we were, we were shopping for, for machines. And, uh, I, I'd seen this machine on one of the, like, uh, one of the like barista showcases or something where they're, you know, showcasing barista skills. And I was like, Oh, that's a really, that's a really cool looking machine. Like we should, we should check those out. And, uh, of course i went to look at how much they are and knew they're you know some absurd amount of money like the the price of a honda civic um a new, honda civic. Uh, a, new a new well-equipped honda civic and uh so we're digging around and, I, and one pops up on ebay in australia and i was like oh wow well, it's in australia and then i was like Well, how much could it be to ship it from australia was that also was that a used Honda Civic? It was yeah, it's it's still a used Honda Civic. It's still overseas, <laughs> ridiculously expensive, uh, and it's in Australia, so that was a little problematic. But it turns out it's actually not that expensive. Well, it's about a thousand bucks to ship a three hundred pound espresso maker from Australia to here, and uh, it was already painted the color that we wanted. Uh, it's in great shape, so so we did it. We shipped it from Australia to here.
0: You should have just flown to Australia and got it. Yeah. And did a bike ride over there while you were there.
2: Yeah. Oh man. We were so deep in building this place out. It took us four months and um we pretty much did everything in here. And uh yeah, we were just just aiming to open the doors <laughs> like like yeah. Like, yeah An was,
0: Australian vacation work yeah, so wasn't in the cards. <laughs> Might not have come back. <laughs> well you got the machine and uh, I'm on my second cup of coffee this morning and it's amazing.
3: Thank awesome. you. Thanks. So
0: you guys have not failed in that, but I've got my bike in the car. So I might have to like test you guys on like a tune up service right. as well. So
2: oh yeah, now we're talking
0: <laughs> shop wise going into a new shop. Um, you definitely have to think about like a sales versus service approach. How did you guys look at that?
3: I mean, I think that both of us have always been mechanics, uh, even, uh, even when I was managing shops that I was at before, I was still wrenching pretty heavily. So, like, our approach to service is like, we want nothing but the best. We're constantly trying to improve ourselves and, and do things better, but also, like, sales is really important. Uh, and it's, uh, they're both big money makers. Um, but the service is what brings people in and it's what spreads the word the quickest people find out that you're doing great service work they tell their friends and that's so we've always tried to maintain a really high level of service here uh it's the reason that we recently brought sam on he's absolutely fantastic maybe a better mechanic than both chris or i which is as as good as we could have hoped for really
2: that's what we wanted for sure
0: my dog is very upset that you guys pulled Sam from Pisgah forest to up here because it is a trek for me to get up here.
3: Yeah. Uh, you're going to have to move. Yeah.
2: It was, it was closer for him. So it was, it worked, it worked for him, <laughs> but they're, they're equal sales and service. I mean, you have to take, you have to make them both really important um, because they work together. And if you make the sale, you want to have the service to back it up and vice, you know, vice versa. A, a good service can lead to a, a sale. And um, something we don't put one in front of the other.
0: That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, let's talk about like, timeline-wise. When did you guys open the shop?
3: March 1st of this year. Uh, we started the build-out on November 1st of last year.
0: That's pretty quick turnaround time for, for as nice as this place is. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. It looks really good. Thank you. What were your thoughts building a shop in this current time that we're in with everything that's going on
3: probably didn't think it out well no. enough probably a really bad idea <laughs> one thought was like the industry was
2: so out of whack with availability and all these things we we kind of thought well if we open we'll, we'll be in the same boat as everyone else for the most part on that end the playing um, field's been leveled yeah <laughs> and so like, really, i mean the, the thought was yeah well nobody could get anything so having a new space not being able to get much wouldn't hurt us too bad and also opening early spring like that give us a little chance to to get rolling before high season starts in the summer so the timing was actually pretty good but yeah it was it was a it was a roll of the dice Um,
0: sales wise looking around the shop i'm seeing some pretty cool i'm gonna call them more independent brands and that's awesome to see
3: yeah all 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 independent brands uh, are fairly independent brands. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't we didn't want a major brand. Uh, we didn't want to co- not didn't want to. We refused to commit to a brand that requires you to make uh, parts and accessory commitments. Uh, one of the one of the bigger brands. We don't even have to name them. I think everybody knows who they are. I'm not interested in carrying your crappy pumps or your accessories that are subpar. We want to carry the stuff that we wanna carry that we like. Virtually everything that is in stock here, Chris or I, or now Sam, has ridden. Uh, we don't carry stuff that we don't believe in. Um, happy to order you stuff if if it's something that you have to have that but like we don't if we haven't ridden it we won't stock it. And that's just kind of been that's kinda of been our motto always. Even even when we were at other shops and, and we had that control. Um, we tended to order the things that, that we like um, and that we knew that we could trust to, to take care of people.
2: Yeah, and the brands are smaller for that reason. Just um, they're, they're more interesting, I think. Um, they have more focus in their, in their product um, from top to bottom. Like None of these brands have a full range of bikes, um, from like kids' bikes to e-bikes. There's, there's not one of those in here. Um, So, yeah, it's definitely more curated like that. Um, Almost every one of them has a frame-up option that we can work with uh, to customize stuff for for people, which is really exciting, what we love to do. So, yeah, you'll see a lot of smaller, unique stuff here, uh, even down to the components and a lot of our local stuff too that we we like to support heavily with um, King Creek I-9 and uh, Cognitive, Rock Geist. there's probably some others defeat, which is fairly local. Yeah, so that was that was a big part of our focus coming into it, definitely.
0: That's awesome. It's it's cool to see the the local support and the independent support, and I think the independent support is definitely something that we are trying to push, and we're starting to see a a lot more with shops in the area as well. Yeah,
3: well the the local support goes both ways. I mean, we're so lucky to have the support of everyone that, that Chris just mentioned I mean rockgeist and has we've combined our group ride with theirs uh, and and they've been super supportive of the shop and uh, you know cane Creek and industry 9 have been absolutely awesome uh, helping get us product and get us trained and support events that we throw it's uh it's more than just carrying their product i mean those those guys stand behind their stuff and they stand behind this community in general so it's it's awesome to have them here
0: then being here they're both very long time yeah here and so we all know all of them really well yeah mm-hmm. So may think gravel is kind of like a more smaller niche thing but it's turned out to be one of the faster and bigger growing things in cycling how is that focus in your shop here
2: yeah gravel is awesome because it's (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't really fit in one one category per se like you know you can just be someone looking for a a different place to ride on your bike or or you can be a a top level racer um and and it opens up opens up cycling pretty wide and yeah i think uh gravel has been around since the beginning because the the early tour de france was all unpaved like way back when and um and with mountain
0: biking like to get from like trail to trail or something you're going to be riding a far part of your
2: part of your ride there it's just we decided it needed a home more or less um in this town and um we're we're really working to make that happen here hence the name and uh the floor with gravel in it (laughs) um but it's just a it's just a great way to, to spend time on your bike with no, there's no set way to do it. So it's just however you however you feel. Um, and that's what's what's awesome about it.
3: Yeah, I think, uh, like Chris said, there's, there's so many different ways to do it. And I think when, I don't even know if we really understood how big it was when we opened the shop. I mean, we, we knew we felt like it needed a home. And it really, we wanted a home for not only gravel, but bike packing in general. We wanted people to have, someone they could come talk to you that had experience in in long distance stuff um and uh but as as we've gotten into it and even more and uh our shop ride has taken off you see people coming in there they're on old cycle cross bikes they're on flat bar mountain bikes they're on uh, pure gravel bikes they're on road bikes with fat tires they're they, like there really is no limit i mean you can go out and ride gravel around here on just about anything uh, a 32c tire on a road bike is fine on most of the gravel around here you know yeah you're going to be as fast as you would be on a 42c gravel tire gravel bike probably not but like sometimes it doesn't it doesn't matter it's just people want to get off the road or people want to go bike packing or you know they just want to connect their favorite two of their favorite paved roads um, this you know gravel gives them all of those options yeah what what
2: sealed it for me was um doing tour divide last summer just making that trip and canada was closed because of covid so it was border to border but doing that that ride and and really feeling a, a huge multi-day effort on the bike and in kind of an unknown place with other like-minded people and just being able to travel that way by bike um, on dirt roads mostly, it uh, it's like yeah, w- this needs to be shared and uh, and I want to be a part of that sharing that here. So uh, that that was a lot of our basis f- uh, for that side of the shop and um, and we're gonna continue to to bring that out for people by having uh, overnight trips. Uh, every so often here and, and just supporting that side of, of the industry. Nice. Um, yeah, it's just a, a great, great aspect of riding a bike and seeing different places for sure. W-
0: were you on the Tour Divide that got like the crazy winter storm hit and stuff?
2: Uh, that was a year before. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah it was, this one was actually called Great Divide Classic because, um, because the border was closed. Okay, so, yeah. yeah. Not just fires, no crazy
3: winter storms on that one. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Matt, I'll start with you. What, what's kind of your, your go-to favorite gravel route here?
3: And I really, we have great stuff behind the shop like that, that we all ride on a regular basis. That's like, mean, it's fun to just like get, to get out and go five minutes down the road and hit gravel. And uh, I think it's, it's nice having that, that super close by. Probably my favorite road though, Anything, anything in North Mills. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, Yellow Gap is fantastic. Uh, if I was going to go over there and ride one road, I would probably just go ride Yellow Gap. Like, I think it's a, it's a killer road and it goes, it's beautiful back there.
0: And it just opens up so many different options. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And there's a million roads that it leads to mm-hmm. or trails. So it's a fun one.
0: All time favorite route do you have in one?
3: Gravel or bikepacking? Either. Chris and I started the Virginia Mountain Bike Trail uh a few years ago and uh and i got hurt and we had to stop uh and that is that's brutal and yeah <laughs> uh that virginia ridge
0: riding isn't isn't easy it's
3: it's no joke and part of that i'm not even sure that that's really a bike packing route i think it's it's just a straight up lie um <laughs> but it's beautiful and mm-hmm. it's awesome and there's there's portions of it where just like it's the best stuff ever. Uh, I really want to go back and finish that one. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that one for now.
0: Okay. All right. Chris, what's kind of your go-to route?
3: My go-to
2: route, um, probably just out, out the door here or, uh, out from Bent Creek up and over into North Mills that, I mean, we've ridden from, from here at the shop all the way to Silva on mostly gravel roads. Mm Mm-hmm. And stayed the night in a hotel there which was a little sketch and then <laughs> and then rode um, up over to Harmon's Den the next day which was an incredible climb and and so that my go-to is always that direction I would say just starting in Bent Creek and just seeing what where the day takes me mm-hmm. um, and like Yellow Gap Road is usually a part of that and uh, yeah we're so fortunate I mean you can really go from the shop to Alabama <laughs> on mostly dirt if you wanted to, you know, yeah, it's pretty you, sweet.
0: You definitely could. Matt had his favorite route. What's yours?
2: Um, let's see. That's probably the hardest question you could ask. Um, I'm going to say the, uh, the route to rich mountain fire tower and hot springs.
0: Ooh, that is a good one
2: it's so epic and yes. amazing and you've got the river you've got this big climb you've got amazing views you got a cool town um that whole area yeah yeah I my go-to
0: what's cool about the hot spring stuff is like if you park in town you can either doing that route either direction yeah has its pluses and minuses yeah i mean usually i go up the highway first
2: yeah me too yeah
0: and then hit the gravel from there yeah the one time that did bite me and jessica pretty bad was we'd had a ton of rain and that's usually when i go seek out more gravel stuff right and i called the outfitter in town and i was like how's how's river road like oh yeah it's good i was like okay cool so we do the big route you know, up the highway, up to the fire tower, all that stuff, all the way down through. Uh, was it Love Gap or whatever? Was that called in through there? Hurricane? Yeah, through Hurricane. Yeah, and back down through. And we get down to the river, and the road's just underwater. It's underwater. <laughs> and so, maybe we, it was
2: good. <laughs> it, it, it before it, you got there. I mean, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I wasn't turning around.
2: Yeah, you <laughs> so, just sloshed through it.
0: Yeah, and it got like waist deep
2: oh no way <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah my wheels went to anon like two days later
2: yeah holy crap new yeah bo- it,
0: new it, bottom bracket new uh new hub bearings
2: you can either backtrack or you can like hike up in a- and around the corner and go down through houston valley and then del rio and come around that side but you're adding on like a whole nother day <laughs>
0: exactly yeah like we were just like and I think it was like, uh, it's probably like three o'clock in the afternoon or something by the time. We oh got yeah. Yeah. Road. You had to get out. Yeah. So it was like, we don't have nighttime stuff with us. So time to get oh. wet.
2: Oh, love days like that. Hot springs is good. We're lucky to have it 30 yeah. minutes away.
0: Yeah. Like hot springs, mountain or gravel. Mm-hmm. Like that's just, what's cool about it is you can just go out there and have just like a really solid adventure. You got two cool fire towers that you can hit. Yep. And everything in between.
2: Yeah. And you can overnight out there really easy and, mm-hmm break it up it's it's sweet
0: the past couple of years we've had the belgian waffle ride come to the area and it's put a lot of attention on this area how have you guys seen that promote like growth in this area for like gravel riding adventure riding and stuff like that oh, that's
2: it's
3: huge yeah that's a big one man belgian waffle was big we went out and volunteered at it last year and uh i think uh it was bigger than we expected it to be uh the The number of people who came to the shop afterwards because they saw us out there was a little surprising you know we were set up at i guess the second or third aid station Um, yeah (laughs) the lady who won it last year um sarah max was in the shop the uh before the event and we kind of helped her with her bike a little bit uh she was rocking our bottles and gave us a little shout out on on their podcast afterwards yeah and uh it was huge. I mean, we just saw we saw a lot of people because of that, and uh, and we're seems like we're seeing more and more people that are interested in racing. And I don't know if it's directly related to to that event or if it's just that gravel racing is so much more accessible than than road racing, or um, or people feel like. Maybe mountain biking is a little too tough, or they don't. Or, you know they're scared of getting hurt, and, and gravel seems more approachable in that aspect. But
0: I don't know gravel seems a little sketchier to me to, it's to try It's pretty It r- can <laughs> be so in the yeah. pack for sure.
3: Yeah. But, <laughs> but I think you know, for most people, uh, especially like the the men's and women's classes, uh, you know, not that aren't pros. There's not a lot of pack racing going on. I mean, it's you know, for the most part, it seems like there's a lot of. There's a lot of the group ride mentality that I'm going to go out and do a gravel race, and it's just I want to go ride with my friends um, as much as it is I want to go race, um, but people seem to really to love it.
2: Yeah, the events like that are really well done, and um, and they just they just draw people from everywhere, and like a lot of those racers had just come from unbound the week before and yeah. uh, so they did a 200 mile unbound and then they come here for 130 something pwr which was just a straight kick in the gut for a lot of them cuz
3: it was it like was a gnarly el- course the
0: climbs yeah and, and a uh, lot of those
3: a lot of those riders said that this was harder than unbound uh, and that's that's intense pretty wild yeah yeah
0: i mean that route goes around my where i live so i know all those all those routes well, and yeah they did a really good job of plotting that course, and you know, knowing what those dudes were doing out at Unbound, which you know, there's some elevation, but yeah. nothing like the comms they had here.
2: <laughs> yeah, hey, I think they're they're, from what I can tell, haven't done either one of them, so don't get me wrong. But uh, from what I can tell, they're they're very opposite ends of like gravel racing spectrum, and uh, it's pretty cool to have them have people do both and get their feedback from each one and be able to support them too um be a part of that like um we didn't really know because we were so new as a shop at that time that um you know how that was going to go down and and a lot of the the pros a few pros came to our shop ride the week before and um and we kind of like got immersed into there and uh brennan Wirtz, the uh, renee Hurst pinarello rider was here and um it was super cool to talk with him and and just kind of get that side of the gravel arena happening in the shop uh so it was a a neat event we're looking forward to the next one for sure
0: you know that's Uh, on the national or global race scene how are you guys seeing like the local Asheville scene for gravel
2: and it's it's growing huge too the southeast gravel series is taking off and they're doing a fantastic job getting just a really dialed event happening kind of on the regular for people here and they're accessing some really cool areas too and putting together great
3: routes and great racing. Yeah, I mean, there's great local, Pisgah Productions is fantastic. And like people, like those are epic races. And I think those are more and more so every year, people on a national level are seeing those and, and wanting to come out for them. And, you know, Jordan Mountain Challenge and-
2: Yeah, I kind of feel like um, those were ahead of the time really yeah. too. So like, for sure. in a way that's been happening here for a good number of years before the explosion yeah if you want to say <laughs> yeah
0: the jordan mountain challenge monster cross all that stuff has just been huge yeah totally earlier you mentioned you guys partnering up with Rockgeist on your local group ride talk to us about that
2: that was that was chris um yeah i mean they we we chose wednesday as our our shop ride night um and they also had a wednesday ride and we, um early on i was just like hey can can we team up with you guys and maybe get some more people and and they were they were riding from their their spot on the river to the park that's up the road here at weaver t park and um and so i just kind of approached them and said you know would you like to to come to our shop up the road and start the ride here and we can kind of collab on routes and leaders and and flip-flop and uh yeah it was awesome um they brought Uh, a crew of people that we didn't know and we're we're really excited to meet and uh, have them on our ride and we had some friends that came and then it just kind of grew like really fast thanks to the cross promotion and just the the beautiful area and the type of ride that it is it's just it's just super chill and and we uh, you know no drop social pace lots of talking some stops along the way and it just it just worked really well so
0: is it the same route, or do you guys mix things up?
2: It's different every week. <laughs> yeah.
0: Who's in charge of setting the route? I am. Yeah. Nice.
2: Yeah. And well, I do have alternate ride leaders that have helped mm-hmm. too in the past, but but lately with the the smaller groups
3: and colder weather, it's just been me. So. Yeah.
0: Matt, what's your what's your bike setup right now for gravel?
3: I think mean, currently I'm on a a custom Zuckus uh, steel gravel bike uh, that I actually had built like three years ago. And, uh, it's probably the, I think it's the only bike I've ever kept for more than, more than a year. Okay. Uh, it it is my favorite bike I've ever owned. It's absolutely awesome. It's fun to look at. There's so much purple on that bike. You have to see it. (laughs) Yeah. It's purple from, from one end to the other purple. It's it's kind of a theme in here with my bikes. As As you walk around the shop, you'd be like, Oh, that's one of Matt's. That's one of Matt's.
0: I think I saw purple, yeah. purple stuff on your bike rack right outside too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you did. Yeah. Oh, what's your mountain bike setup?
3: Uh, I'm on a Revel Rascal uh, mm-hmm. right now, in, uh the purple one. Yeah, the purple, purple one. <laughs> purple one, push coils front and back, and uh, yeah, it's it's a rad bike. Mm-hmm. It's just super. It's such a good Pisgah bike. It is, man. It's it's the. I hate to call it the perfect bike, but like it's. Uh, it's really, really good. It climbs great. It does everything in the middle so well. Like, it, it's probably not the fastest descending bike I've ever owned, and it's not the fastest climbing bike I've ever owned, but man, the middle is so pure and so good that it's just, it makes you smile the whole time you're riding it. Uh, it's, can't imagine having a better bike.
0: Awesome. All right, Chris, pressure's on. What's your gravel bike?
3: Uh, the gravel bike
2: is a Revel Rover so okay. it's their zero millimeter <laughs> gravel bike and um surprisingly really really good very composed um so of course it's carbon and uh it has a lauf um true grit sl fork on it which was new to me with that bike and that's really been uh, kind of an eye opener they they did a good job with having that um 30 mil work really well and not be weird in any kind of way um and let's see it's got um in-house built wheels that uh, we build in here with our own carbon rims and dt hubs and yeah it's kind of set up as to do everything it's light enough to to do some some faster shorter rides and um cushy enough to load it up with bags and go for a couple days nice
0: and what about your mountain bike setup?
2: Uh, also a revel the ranger short travel nice yeah that's a that's a really fun bike it it definitely punches above its weight Mm -hmm. um really comfortable and efficient but um you can still go down avery and black on it and uh it's cool
0: (laughs) uh drew and i were out on bennett gap last weekend and saw a group of riders come down that were from out of town two were on rangers and I couldn't tell if the other one was the, the longer travel, the rail, but it was, I was like, Oh, rebel, rebel, rebel. rebel,
2: rebel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're catching on and they didn't make beautiful bikes. All their paint is like the website doesn't even do it justice. You got to see them in person. Like it's really good. Um, and they don't, I think what I like most about them is they don't push any kind of like hype their bikes just work and look good and ride really well. So yeah,
3: they're they're good
0: yeah what do you guys got new coming up
3: man a bunch of cool stuff uh we've got number 22 thai bikes coming Mm. uh which are just insanely gorgeous high-end thai stuff um we've got a couple of bikes from them coming we've got a couple of bikes from candy uh thai out of uh, chattanooga also incredibly beautiful thai stuff those two guys are are super nice guys uh that, that own candy we used to work at uh abg and moots and they just they're new and it's fresh and they're just doing cool stuff uh we got penarello coming uh which is probably the bigger brand uh well allied is new as well allied is new oh, wow.
0: bc40s and yeah. a little bit yeah we've, yeah it's uh, hard
3: not to look at that thing <laughs> we've done a couple of their gravel bikes now uh and that bc40 build we're about to do uh i'm about
0: to, to the, come through a leg over that xl
3: yeah we're doing a collab build on that with uh with king creek uh and that's gonna be super cool um and then yeah uh, they're actually
2: here this morning king creek with a, a custom shock for that bike um, Yeah, about to so, test fit that. yeah we're gonna
3: test fit it and see get that underway um And we just got our fleet of Y-Cycles rental bikes in. Excited about that. I hate to say the most exciting thing, but we've we've got a gravel team going for next year. It's 16 riders? I think we're up to 18. 18. 18 riders. A lot of incredibly fast locals. I expect to see them on a lot of podiums this year. All incredibly nice people. Great ambassadors to the sport. Got a lot of help coming from... A lot of those people, a lot of those uh, local companies that we mentioned earlier, just excited to be able to go racing with some of those people, support them, and not only get them on a podium, but you know, get the word out about the shop. I think that's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to a lot of events across the country, planning to go to uh, SBT Gravel, planning to go to Unbound, gonna be at Big Sugar. Uh, what else? we were planning to go to rooted before they canceled it, but yeah, we're going to be, we're going to be all over the place and, uh, should be a lot of fun. Yeah. That's going to be, uh, it's going to be a whole nother level of, of shop, <laughs>
2: um, outreach. It just, uh, they're all so excited to be riding with other riders from here that are doing those things at that level. It's pretty neat how it came together. And, Yeah, we're looking forward to it, giving it our best shot with um, our side of things, and uh, that's going to be neat.
0: Awesome. Well, you guys got your Wednesday group ride, and then uh, how else can people keep in touch
3: with you guys? You can hop on our website, and uh, we do outreach via email on there, Uh, our Instagram, Facebook. Uh, We do the shop group ride on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. All ability levels are welcome. Like, somebody will ride with you and hang back if if you're slow, if uh, it's really, really casual. We do uh, once every six week. Well, in the summer, we do once every six weeks. We take a group into the woods to go bikepacking. There's no charge for it. We just want you to learn about bikepacking. So if you want to go into the woods, you can come ride with us. All, again, all skill levels will help. We do... Uh, we got some clinics coming up in january uh one was one specifically is a dirt skirts only event uh where we're doing a bike packing uh class with them we're probably going to offer that same class like a bike packing 101 though at a later date for for other people mm-hmm. uh we got a sorba event coming up where we're going to do a talk about
2: gravel riding instead gravel right single track when the weather is bad just options alt single track you know you don't have to you can get on your bike and not hit the trails and still uh, have a ton of fun still have a lot of fun so yeah we're gonna do a talk it's set up in bent creek and do a ride um, in january which see how that goes Um, (laughs) it can be (laughs) it can be
0: a gamble on weather yeah (laughs) it could be 70 degrees or there could be a foot of snow on the ground
2: that's true (laughs) that's how it goes
0: well, sweet dudes. Well, thanks for taking the time to sit down with us. Uh, we're looking forward to getting out in the woods with you guys. Maybe we'll come along on one of those bikepacking trips or something, too. Yeah, yeah
3: sounds yeah. great. Thanks thanks for, thanks for coming out.
1: Yeah, dude. You know, it's really neat when a shop knows who their customers are, but sometimes it's a chicken or the egg situation right you got the shop and then the people that kind of click with them find it but you know this group knew what they wanted to set out and they wanted to be the gravel community shop and i think that's awesome and so you know they have a combined group ride with rock geist one thing that's interesting to me is they have overnight bikepacking group rides which if it's something you're super interested in doing but maybe none of your friends are and you're not going to go out in the woods alone. I mean, I'm not, (laughs) you can join this group ride, you know, and and you could go get your bike packing on. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a really welcoming environment to do so. And it's a good place to get your hands on bike packing knowledge and also figuring out the art of coffee.
0: Oh, absolutely. I can count on a couple of fingers. How many of my friends that would be like, yo, let's go do a sub 24 overnighter. And most of them will say no, but there's like two or three that might, that would be like, yes. And, you know, we know that's Logan and TJ, <laughs> but, you know, to have a, a a whole shop or a whole group that's like looking to do that, it would influence me to like, oh, let me throw the bike bags on. Let's go do this. So it's it's cool to have that. And it's a real cool spot to hang out. I look forward to uh, opening my laptop there here soon.
1: So what, what is your bike packing Coffee go to? Are you, are you, uh, do you carry the AeroPress with you? Cause I know you're an AeroPress guy.
0: Yeah. I've got the, uh, the AeroPress like travel one that's like just slightly smaller. And the canister that holds it is also your coffee cup. Uh, and then usually I have like a little, like, um, like a Tupperware thing with pre ground coffee in it.
1: All right. That's a little more gangster than me. I, I like cowboy coffee. I don't care. <laughs> I just need the hot brown water.
0: The hot brown water. Get that grit in your teeth. Mm hmm.
1: Well, uh, speaking of bike packing and coffee and stuff like that, what's uh we do we have bike packing weather in the forecast?
0: I mean, yeah, actually we kind of do. Uh, the rain is moving itself out, and then it's going to cool down a little bit, you know, getting back into those more average winter temps that we're used to. But it's going to be sunny for leading into the weekend. Sunday shows chance of some showers later in the afternoon into the evening and Monday morning with some showers and then leading into next week with some partly cloudy skies. Depending on where you're at, there's going to be like some below freezing areas, definitely deeper in those darker hollows and, you know, maybe higher up elevation spots, but uh just keep an eye on like Sunday evening, Monday morning for those rain spots, but otherwise, you know. I see a lot of riding activity available for the next week
1: right on well uh i'm looking forward to riding a little bit more this coming week
0: yeah likewise i am too well guys that is a wrap on this week's episode and as always you can find us on social media to search physical podcast and of course we got our web store going with shirts water bottles koozies all the little doodads and you can check that out at Podcast.BigCartel.com.
1: and if you think that all bikes are gravel bikes then click subscribe subscribe to our youtube channel our old episodes are being uploaded and use that christmas card money that you got from your auntie to buy some pisgah podcast merch and support the show oh drew uh
0: maybe we should meet up there and get some coffee answer some viewer emails and uh maybe upload a couple of podcast episodes
1: Got a few more to go before we get the YouTube channel. Yeah, I hope it don't accidentally upload a long video. I problem. Yeah.